This episode of the Faith Forge Academy is sponsored by Mage Hand Press. Mage Hand Press is releasing their Dark Matter Starter Kit on Kickstarter on July 29th. Dark Matter is a rip-roaring futuristic campaign setting for D&D 5e set against a mashup of sci-fi and fantasy influences, which lets you play D&D in space without learning a new system. You can play as bounty hunters, galactic explorers, or daring space marines in a universe inspired by the likes of Star Wars Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Expanse, and Doom. You and your crew can pilot breathtaking starships, face down alien horrors, battle evil space wizards, and explore the furthest reaches of the galaxy. And we at the Fae Forge Academy are actually going to be running through the starter adventure um, and releasing that on our podcast. Uh, So we're really excited to do a little bit of uh, Fae Forge in space. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And again, the Kickstarter launches on July 29th, so be on the lookout for that. It's got everything you need to start off a new campaign in space using the D&D rules that you are familiar with. For more information, you can go to magehandpress.com or follow them on Twitter at magehandpress. You don't want to miss out on this. Hey friends, welcome to a special episode of the Fae Forge Academy. Uh, Today, we're actually going through part one of our Burn Bright one-shot with James Intricasso, uh, one of the creators of the game. Uh, so the first, maybe two thirds of this episode is actually going, us going through the character creation process, uh, learning about the game, uh, and, and kind of going through that step-by-step as we build our characters. Um, if you're not interested in the logistics of, of the rules and how character creation works, and you just want to get into the story, uh, feel free to jump up to about the hour and eight minute mark, um, so about 68 minutes. Uh, I will put the uh, the actual timestamp uh, in the, the show notes for you if you want to jump ahead and we'll meet the characters and then uh, and then you jump into the story. So I hope you enjoy. As always, if you've been enjoying our show, we really appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Um, and just so you know, uh, we will be soon jumping back into the second arc of the Fae Forge Academy. And we also have some special dark matter stuff coming up as well that will be in the feed. So a lot of a lot of really cool, fun stuff, uh, including Burn Bright today. Uh, so enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, we made it. Sorry, just drawing boxes around cameras and stuff. Um, I am Steven, your regular dungeon master. We got something a little different for you on the Fae Forge Academy today. Um, we are joined by the wonderful James Intracosco, who wrote Burn Bright. You'll see the space stuff, you know, that our show is not typically in space, um, doing a one shot through that system. Yet. So <laughs> that's so true. That is so true. Um, so real quick, let's just do some, some intros. Like I said, I'm Steven. Um, I'm normally the, the DM here. Um, we also have today, we got Adelaide. Uh, yeah, I'm Adelaide Garner. I didn't realize I was supposed to introduce myself. It's cool. Uh, oh, Adelaide on Twitter. I forgot we were recording a podcast. You know, it's not like we do this every other Sunday. Uh, you can find me at Oh Adelaide on Twitter. I am one fourth of the team called Action Fiction, where we make role playing games. Uh, Monsters Market is our first game that's out now. That is a five E compatible American cultural political satire game. Very funny. Mm-hmm, uh, and mine mm-hmm. will be coming out in the fall, which is Anomaly, a science fiction game as well. <laughs> and we got below me. We got Ian. Hey everyone, my name is Ian Gould. I recently changed my Twitter handle because that seemed professional, like a good move. I'm now Ian, at Ian G. Gould uh, on Twitter, and uh, I write for DMs Guild. I play here at this podcast, Faith Forge Academy, and uh, howdy. <laughs> uh, across the way, we got Emily. 
Uh, yep. Hey, I'm Emily Harmon, Emily J-E-A Harmon on Twitter. Uh, I'm a writer for Adventures League, DMs Guild. Uh, I'm a convention organizer, all that kind of good stuff. And we got Michael. Yo, what up? I am Michael Sinclair II. Uh, you may know me as Michael Critz Everywhere. Um, I stream on my own personal channel, uh, Magic the Gathering, and all sorts of other games. And I am on a whole bunch of other D&D and TTRPG things that uh, you can check out just by going to my Twitter and some new stuff coming up. So, And last but not least, our wonderful guest today, we got James running the game for us. How you doing, James? Hey, oh, thank you so, so much for having me. It's really awesome to be here. Uh, and uh, I'm James Intricasso. I'm at James Intricasso on Twitter. Uh, and... Uh, worldbuilderblog.com and uh, jamesintracasso.com for uh, for all of the game design stuff I'm doing. And today we're playing a game called Burn Bright that I helped design. Uh, it is published by Roll20, and so it is available exclusively on the Roll20 platform. Uh, and you can check it out at burnbright.com. Bright is spelled B-R-Y-T-E. Uh, and I'm like a huge fan of every single person here, so thank you uh, so much for uh, for for inviting me to uh to come do this oh of course we're we're really really excited to have you thanks for taking the time um yeah let's uh let's jump in the floor is yours james excellent excellent Cool, cool. So uh, we are going to start uh, from the ground up with character creation here. Um, so I figured what we could do is uh, everybody could open up Roll20, and we have character sheets in here. Uh, I have six blank PC sheets. Um, so let's go around. We'll each pick a number, uh, and that number will be the sheet that you are going to work in. Um, so don't worry too much about clicking around right now or anything like that. For now, we'll just pick our our sheet number um okay. so and if we want to like go right down the list uh right here that i am looking at in discord uh adelaide you would be number one uh okay. emily you'd be number two huh? um ian you'd be three uh, Michael, you would be four, and Stephen, you would be five. Fabulous. So, and I'm going to make six uh, so that I can work along with you all uh, to uh, remember how character creation works in this game. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so when you open up your sheet, um, you can see that there are three tabs up at the top. One that says bio and info, one that says character sheet, Ooh. and one that says attributes and abilities. Uh, right now, click the character sheet tab and then scroll down where it says create a PC sheet. That's what you're going to want to pick. And if anybody doesn't see that, let me know. I see character man. See, oh, I have to say, I have to click next. Okay. Yeah, so if you have, uh, would you like to use character mancer? The answer is yes to that right, next I question. Okay. Uh, my sheet has skipped that process. I am directly on the sheet. Oh, yeah, okay. I might have messed well, yours up. I'm and I don't make know you... how to go back. I've never known how to go back to it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that there is. So I'm going to create a new sheet mm -hmm. for yeah, you make me a new right one. now. There we go. Okay. Cool, cool. Also, if okay, you folks yeah. aren't familiar with Fae Forge Academy, we're professional here, so all these hiccups. This is part did of it the, on uh... purpose. Like like those cameras that somehow got off centered. That's totally did it on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's all part of the so... mood, the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. So Adelaide, you have a character. Emily, did you say yep. you also need a? Nope, I'm good. Okay, cool. 
Mm-hmm. You're good? Okay. Are we we're using the character mancer? So, we're not using the character mancer? We do want to use the okay. character mancer. Um, okay. So. Oh, oh boy. So sorry. You, we so let me know when everybody's in character mancer. Yes, create a PC sheet. Yes. Start there. Use the character and mancer. Then, Boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we're all in. This is great podcast right now, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, too. Yep. So uh, uh, so the first thing is uh, it gives you this little welcome message um, that says, like, hey, you're about to have the time of your life playing Burn Bright. Uh, and then click next. Uh, and that will take you to your first big choice that you make in Burn Bright, which is your species. Um, okay. So you'll pick a name for your character as well. Right now, you can put a placeholder in if you want to pick something at the end. When you know your character better, that's totally fine. Um, so, so in Burn Bright, when you start out, your species is a, a pretty important choice in the sense that, like, we have a bunch of unique species, and the species all have unique anatomies and physiologies, and those anatomies and physiologies give them some, uh, you know, abilities and things like that. Each species also Whoa. has a developed sort of homeworld culture, right? Um, but uh, your culture could be different because uh, in Burnbright, uh, the galaxy has been around for a while and space travel has been around for a while. So you might be from the homeworld of your species or you might be from somewhere else. And that's totally fine. So the cultures and attitudes of a species are suggestions and like, hey, here's something to go off of. They're not this is how this species always acts or anything like that. Um, So, uh, so when you click on species, you can see we've got eight of them, right? Um, Oh, and I guess I should probably talk about burn bright a little bit. This is great. (laughs) We're off to a cool start. Uh, sorry. Um, so burn bright is a world. Uh, it's a, uh, a universe, right? Where, um, the final galaxy in existence is the galaxy that you're playing in. There's this phenomenon called the burn that's sort of like this uh, orange borealis effect, like the northern lights, only they're orange and yellow and red. Uh, and it is encircled this galaxy. And anytime a planet, a spaceship, a person touches this thing, um, they disappear and are never seen or heard from again. Um, so the burn is, uh, this, uh, people don't really know what caused it. Um, there's a lot of different theories out there. Um, some think it's the universe is just ending and this is how it ends, right? We had the big bang and now this is a slow, big shrink. And so the universe is sort of collapsing in on itself. This is the last galaxy in existence, but we think we still have like between a hundred and 500 years before everything is gone. So people are still living their lives in some way or another. That said, there's a lot of panic. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, people taking advantage of the situation, right? Like there's corporate greed, people who are trying to panic in the profit uh, or profit in the panic rather. Um, and they are trying to uh, make, uh, you know, uh, scarcity um, because there are all these natural resources that are disappearing as planets touch the burn and disappear. Right. Um, and so they're creating yeah, even like more scarcity. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Driving up prices, things like that. Um, there are, there's a big problem with, uh, displaced people, right? Uh, in that there are a lot of displaced people and with resources becoming scarce, people are, uh, not always willing to let everybody into port or lend them the shirt off their back, that kind of thing, right? However, in Burnbright, the characters are kind of the exception, right? Burnbright says, yes, this is a terrible, horrible situation, but that's no reason to turn into a terrible, horrible person. That's no reason mm. to stop hoping, right? That's no mm-hmm. reason to stop doing good just because it looks like everything is coming to an end. And so different Burnbright stories tell that story of uh, – being remaining a good person in the face of the impossible and that's sort of the expectation of heroes um so now that we have that in mind let's build some characters uh so the first choice is oh go ahead yes questions i just said sweet (laughs) oh cool okay awesome yeah i've just been Uh, i've just been scrolling through through all these characters and like every one of the species is is just amazing looking yep just literally just from Thank the art. You. I want to play I want to play all of them. <laughs> oh, yes, that makes me feel great. Yes. Um so yeah, we have a we have essentially eight different species here that are playable at the start. Um and so there are I'll just sort of real quick give a description of each. Um the driftling are this uh like this plastic organism that uh they they can morph their body and they take on the characteristics of whoever they're hanging out with. So if you're hanging out with the uh, you know three or four different species your uh, your significant other might be one species. Um, your uh, you know your teammates on the ship might be another. You might have a, a sibling or a parent you hang out with a lot. Um, you take on some aspect of each of them. So like you might have the eyes of one person, the body type of another, uh, the limbs of a third, and the wings of a fourth. Right. Um, that's so that's so one cool. of the fun things yep. about driftlings. Yeah. Uh, the Glean are feathered, uh, aquatic creatures. Um, they sort of look like squid, right? They have all these tendrils coming off them, but then on their head, they also have these feathers. Uh, and they, uh, have these implants, uh, that are magical that, uh, help them live. Um, so essentially they, uh, These reliquaries, which look like gems that are inside of them, uh, allow them to live longer and also give them some magical powers. Um, Because without the reliquaries, uh, they wouldn't live much past uh, sexual maturity, which for them is about five years. Um, So this helps them live a lot longer and that kind of thing. And and then it also boosts them in specific ways. Um, Each reliquary, uh, it comes with like genetic material in it. um, And that genetic material... uh, gives you like a a particular sort of personality boost and sort of a a personality um you know draw so uh for instance the the different reliquaries uh one might like make you uh hungry a lot more but it also might make you more creative that kind of thing um the eno are a felinoid species uh which is like a uh, a cat-like humanoid um and uh they are very uh you know uh, stealthy and sneaky naturally sort of have that cat grace that a lot of cats have um they also they have a a sort of rich culture where they have uh taken all of these different worlds that they now claim as as their home worlds and they're uh 
they trade on favors uh, with one another. So that's mm. how their economy works. It's like you do something for me and it goes into my ledger and now I can call on you when I need a favor next time, right? So uh, that is the Eno. Um, the Kithuk are large uh, insectoids. Um, they look kind of like beetles, right? They have these uh, pincers on top of their heads. Uh, they have four arms um, and their home world has actually been destroyed by the burn already. Um, so mm. A lot of them are refugees looking for places to go. Um, they uh, are very hardy, uh, typically, um, and they have this like tough, chitinous body. Um, so they typically make uh, uh, pretty good warriors. Although they, they, uh, you know, they're not necessarily warlike, right? Um, they just have the build for it. Um, Peacecraft are giant mecha um, that uh, they're like actual, you know, metal people that are sapient um and they use a larger token in roll 20 and they can carry mm. their friends around inside of them um they were That's built cool. originally <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh they were built originally as like war machines um but now they you know they sort of don't like that that's why they were built and their creators actually destroyed each other in war um so that's why they renamed themselves the peacecraft uh because they have all these capabilities abilities for war but they sort of see it as a last resort um the Rornin are my personal favorite species. Uh, you play a swarm of a hundred thousand bugs that shares a hive mind when you are a Rornin. Um, so, uh, they all move together. They speak with one voice. Um, they used to all be part of one great hive. Uh, and then the Rornin queen was taken by the burn. Um, and so now they can only form into these smaller hives. Um, and so that is sort of the, the story with Rornin. If you play a Rornin, you have the ability to um, you could like group all together in a humanoid shape and walk around, or you could be in a ball, or you could, uh, you know, um, some Rornin can split themselves into multiple hives, so you control multiple tokens on the board, that kind of thing. Uh, so, so those are the Rornin, and then uh, the Ulrin are a crystalline humanoid. Um, so they're made out of uh, crystal, usually like a pink or a blue or an orange or, or red. Um, you know, all of these very bright colors. Some are like a mix and a swirl of colors. Um, and as they get older, their body hardens uh and so they get uh harder and harder and it becomes more difficult for them to move um they have a a culture of piloting so they sometimes make very good uh pilots and and that kind of thing but they also uh can enter these periods of like intense focus um where their body glows a little bit and they are uh, able to focus better on tasks and then what might be the weirdest of our species is the Zavoy, which are a large slug, um, and they uh, puppet dead bodies. Um, so they, uh, when, a, when a body dies, a Zavoy can crawl inside of it uh, and then sort of puppet it and uh, and. Uh, you know, use that body to do things. Um, again, culturally, they, that's how they evolved on their planet. Um, so a lot of them have the idea of like, this is just, we're just, you know, using all the resources we can. We're conservationists, right? Um, so, uh, so that is a Zavoy. Um, so does anybody have any idea of like what they want to play? And we can have multiple of a species of two people, you know, if everybody really wants to be a, a peacecraft, we can do that. You know, doesn't really matter. 
I know, Michael, you had had some some thoughts already, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. My plan was to do the Roar Nun. Uh, that just appealed to me. Like, I, I looked at this Zavoy first, and I was like, okay, that... Because I heard about the Zavoy, and then that wasn't around the flavor I wanted, but then I looked at the Roar Nun, and it looks like that's around the, the style, the flavor, the the kind of um, beings that I like to play. So I think that's, that's the choice I'm going to go with. I feel like as, as the person who I, you and Ian, I think did the most homework. So I feel like you guys should get the first choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we could, both people can pick the same thing. It's all right, but I'm going to be playing a magic mm-hmm. cat for sure. Nice. <laughs> like, Excellent. Oh, cat Excellent. Folk that can have magic and abil- have magical abilities. Yeah, that's <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> I think excellent, I like the excellent. I like the Ulran, the crystalline people. Just crystals nice. are cool. <laughs> that's, that's my whole reasoning. It's true. Sound logic works for me. Uh, Kithuk. I'm going with. Oh, you go. You go. You go. Uh, Kithuk, because uh, I just like their. I like their uh, like cultural backstory. I guess. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and I thought I was going to go with the slug person, but I'm going to go with a driftling. Because I got a concept. Okay. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. excellent. Excellent. Yes. Um, so, uh, so once you pick your species, right? And there may be a few things under there uh, that you need to pick. So, like, an Eno needs to pick um, their sort of distinct house that they come from. Um, that just sort of determines... Uh, uh, in addition to like what what your fur pattern might look like, although you can customize that to be whatever you want, Ian. Um, I'm not I'm not here to tell you what kind of cat to be. Live your life. Hey, I'm already um, building my elaborate cat name. I love the I love the naming structure of the Eno, where they have that's like a Russian like Dostoevsky name, where they have like 15 parts and like their familial name and like the name that their <laughs> like colleagues would call them, which is not the same name their mother would call them. This is great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that is a cat. Cat Cool, who's one of the co-designers in mm-hmm. this, um, she was very big on the Eno naming structure, uh, and it is a lot of fun to to name your Eno, and then to get mad when people use your familiar oh, right. name and of not course. your full name. You'll know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing to point out, as I've been clicking around here, it, one thing I really appreciate about the way Burnbright's set up here is that everything is hyperlinked, so you can basically be looking at. For example, I can be looking at the Eno and I can say, oh, like, what are the, what is the Valdi system? And, you know, look at the Warbright. And then I can hyperlink around and easily get lost inside of this hyperlink document. But then I can scroll back to, like, well, there's a little eye next to species. I can click on that mm-hmm. or a little eye next to the drop down for whatever species I've chosen. And it'll take me right back to where I started. Yeah. So that that's something that uh, I, I really like about the way you've set up this or that this the burn brights been set up here in roll 20 this is great yep good ui really good mm-hmm. really good oh wow well, okay cool uh, i've got my name so oh <laughs> mostly because i saw the last name for the for the Uran. one of a, one of the options was Boro boy and <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it is oh about that goodness. but i feel like i feel like it called to me <laughs> sure yeah 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 you gotta be a Boro boy <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So as you, uh, you know, there, there are sample names then at the, at the bottom of each. Um, and when you're ready, uh, click on over to culture and we can talk about how you build or s- select a pre-made culture in burn bright. Um, so which is, uh, sort of the way you build your culture then determines all of the character options you get after that. So, uh, is everybody good to move on to culture? Yes. Yep. yep. Okay, great. So within your culture, uh, you have some options here and you can select a pre-made culture, which is like, Hey, if you want to be from, uh, you know, a system that is already exists in burn bright, great, but space is really big, even shrinking space. And so we give people the option to create their own culture and their own world as well. Mm. And so, uh, if you pick uh, one of these cultures, right, and and if you're interested in a pre-made culture, we can kind of uh, talk about uh, each. Um, but you can see there are these options, too, in the table that, uh, that kind of tell you uh, at a quick read what each culture is like. Um, an isolationist culture means that, like, they're not really keen on uh, opening their borders up too much. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we talk about... Uh, diversity uh right being uh do you have an inclusive uh, society where like hey everybody of all species are welcome is it more homogenous where it's like it's kind of one species here and that's it or is it partitioned where it's like we do have multiple species but they don't really mm-hmm. uh like hang out together right mm-hmm. um the economy, uh, you know, is it a poor or wealthy or a uh, intermediate system? And then the density, you know, um, is this a uh, system? Do you come from a place that is like a city? Do you come from a place that's uh, very rural? Or do you come from uh, somewhere in between like a suburban uh, society? So those are some things that you can pick uh, if you customize or you can select one of the pre-made ones. Um, each option you pick uh, is going to determine um, what skills, uh, you, where you can like use your skills, uh, where you can use things like your, um, your, your special abilities and how much money you start with. Um, so mm-hmm. those are sort of the three variable levers that we're picking here, uh, as we go through, but I would say pick whatever makes sense with your story as you're thinking about your character, like where do they come from? Uh, and that kind of thing, because everybody is going to have some skills, some money and some special abilities. Okay. So, and if you want to build a custom culture, you select the custom option. And if you uh, want to select one of the pre-mades, uh, we can. And if somebody has a question about one of the systems, uh, I'm happy to answer those. I noticed that you have Casino Planet. We do have a Casino Planet. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. So, if you want to, if you want to come from a, a wealthy Casino Planet, uh, the Azabni system uh, is is the one for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like this grid here because I can do a quick filter for like, well, I want to be from an inclusive society, but I want to be rich. And then I can just go through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, oh, there inclusive, it is. Inclusive, rich. <laughs> I can have both. In uh, casino world. <laughs> the Oz yes, system. Yes. I love it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a, there's actually, uh, an adventure that comes with Burden Bright, uh, a starter adventure, uh, and it starts on that planet. So if people ha- are oh. curious about the casino planet, um, the starter adventure begins there. Uh, and you can watch, uh, the, you know, I'm sure other people have streamed that starter adventure. So we're doing something a little different today.
All right. Hmm. Oh, there's so many choices. I think Even I got just, mine. I got mine. Go mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pick one and see what happens. Okay. Okay. I love it. Yep. I love it. I'm going with the Cavabel asteroid field. All right. Yeah. Yes. I hear you. I hear you. I feel like they have like they have some sweet cantinas on the asteroid field for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, asteroids are big, uh, big resource rich uh, places that are filled of minerals and water and ice and stuff like that. So um, it would definitely be a place where uh, uh, civilization sort of springs up um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe there are jobs mining them. Um, so the next thing you pick, and this will not have a lot of bearing, uh, on today's game because we're not playing like a super sustained game. Um, so don't worry too much about this because it, there are 40 options here, uh, is your story path. Um, so in burn bright, right, you have your species and you have your story path and a story path is a five act, um, five event, really, uh, storyline that determines how your character advances for a little bit. Um, and so they have these broad titles usually like revenge or discovery or, uh, a company, right? And each one then says like, this is the story your character is embarking on. And the way you level up is by going through these different events and events can have different outcomes. So for instance, in revenge, you may decide, I don't actually want to take revenge, right? Or, or I don't want to take revenge further than, uh, than this or whatever it is. And so you get different abilities as you move through the story based on the choices you make. Um, and so this was a way to sort of, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of games, and I'm sure we have many, many people who work on games and play games here, uh, uh, playing this game with us today, right? Like mm -hmm. a game, the way a game rewards you is the way it tells you it wants you to be interacting with the game. And so this was a way to sort of put the story focus first is to say, Hey, um, you know, here, here you go. Uh, here are the stories you can interact with. As you do, you will level up. Um, so that's, that's the idea behind them. When I was reading through kind of the, the base mechanics, this was one of the things I was, I thought was the most interesting of like building those arcs into character development and, and giving characters and GMs like tools to, to know how to interact and where, where the story could possibly go. It's a really cool, um, cool narrative and mechanical like merging mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you thank you that yeah that was cool. that was the hope and the hope is you know that that you as the gm then can look at it and say oh this is the kind of game my players want to play this is the story they want to tell because they've literally said i'm taking you know this story path where i make a friend who is an animal and so yeah. therefore this is the the path i would like to be on yeah um it's not popping up on the on the feed for whatever when i do the drop down menu but there's there's just a ton of options for those of you who are watching right now how many did you say um, the word steven 40 40 40 good lord that's wonderful yeah yeah well and the idea is when you finish one 
you can then start another one, right? Um, so because they're only five events, um, they're shorter than like a, a D and D class, right? Um, or, uh, or a, you know, a, a giant, um, path in like a Genesis game, right? That kind of thing. They're, they're much shorter. And so you could, uh, have one and then hopefully the way that one ends can maybe lead you to your next one. And sometimes you might do the same one over and over again, right? Like, so mystery, uh, is one you could take multiple times because maybe you don't solve the mystery at the end of the first time you do the mystery story path. And so you want to get back into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found one. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I found one that's very to my warlock hivey ways right now. So don't, don't mind me. I'm just, what did you, I'm what just, did you find Michael? What did you I'm find? hot and bothered. So right. I'm the war non. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's the artifact unleash and I'm like reading through the events and it, it gets, uh, it gets com- the, it gets compelling. Like you, 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 it, it kind of creates some moral conflict there. So that's Ooh. that's my ish. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So you're gonna go artifact unleashed, Michael? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Can't yeah. Can't be sad. I love it. I think as I, as I'm starting to pick stuff. So mm-hmm. I I chose the Olran from mm-hmm. the asteroid field, and I was I was clicking through this drop down menu and had. Saw create masterpiece, and I thought as like as I'm thinking about this this crystalline being who grew up on probably like this mining asteroid, going like there's got to be something more. I want to create something. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm starting to go. Are you doing a create masterpiece as well? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. So am I. Oh my God. Let's make a masterpiece yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a philosopher. Okay, oh. so I'm gonna write. Yes. The next the cave or something yeah. <laughs> the cave. Just, Amazing. you get out of the galaxy and it's another galaxy and then it's another you know yeah that's, that's right the, that's right the bright galaxies all the way down the burn bright is just a is just where you transition to a higher state of being and, and that we're that's the cave we're gonna the have cave to adelaide from just just the burn sprinting bright. straight at the burn mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yes <laughs> all right cool uh Emily, uh, do you have any idea what you would want to do for your story path? Uh, yep, I uh, picked a company. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you'll be looking for someone uh, to uh, to help do a thing, right? Um, to to accompany on a mission, basically. Yes. Uh, and Ian. Uh, well, as Magic Cat from Casino World, I have to pick Heist because apparently I'm just playing Junior Roberts. And yes. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. I've often thought of Julia Roberts as a Magic Cat from Casino World, so that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, <laughs> Can we get a little pretty woman thrown in there just as a treat? Sure. I'm absolutely Thank you. Hey, and you and Steven already have a ghost moment by you going inside his mech. Wait, no, he's not a mech, right? He's the crystalline dude, but you can yeah. still have a ghost <laughs> moment where you work on the sculpting together. <laughs> oh, uh, no! This is going to get spicy. Amazing. Dreadful. Dreadful. You're welcome. We work on, well, he has a crystal masterpiece that could be, you know, that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, 
Well, then I think we're ready to hit next. So this is uh, skills, right? We're, we're now in the, the point where we are uh, putting mm. our skills. So this is a skill-based game, right? Um, and so before you start uh, put uh, increasing die sizes and things like that, um, take a look at your skills, right? You've got skills like computers, engineering, medicine, knowledge, perception, streetwise. And these are just your mental skills. You also have, if you click next or previous here, um, up at the top uh, next to mental, you'll see you've got physical skills and you've got social skills as well. Um, each of them right now starts at a D4, right? And a D4 is the worst a skill can be. Um, the best it can be is a D12. Uh, and we'll get into why as we start playing the game, why those numbers, why it's better to for bigger is better, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, it, when you look down here, it tells you mm-hmm. um, how many skill die increases you have, right? So you can, uh, uh, for instance, uh, the culture, and this is based on the culture that you picked, um, probably has at least a one in one of the D12 uh, in the D12 column somewhere. So if it's like yes. in mental, um, that means you can increase one of your mental skills to a D12, no questions asked, right? Um, if you have a one, uh, you should have at least one in your D10. You might have more. Um, that means you can increase that social, mental, or physical uh, a D10. And then in the any row, right, um, you've got uh, some other numbers. Any means it's not limited to the category of skill, right? You can increase any number of skills to a D3 or to a D6 uh, that have uh, – I'm sorry – I'm saying this totally incorrectly. So if you have a three in any under D6, that means you can increase any three skills to a D6, right? Uh, If you have a two under any in D8, that means any skills you can increase to a D8. Um, So that's how that works. As you're going through, uh, if you have a plus one, does anybody have a plus one column in their column? I do. I do. Okay, so that means one of your skills, uh, you can increase another die size, right? So you can bump that up. Um, Okay. The way, uh, so when you are increasing a skill, if you're using one of your any boosts, you want to click the checkbox next to the skill, right? And that will let you know that, okay, you're using one of the any boosts. It's not a particular, like, mental, physical, or social. It's an any. Um, Okay. If you are using a plus one boost, and it's a uh, any, right, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you can use that second column to put a one in there, and that will let you know. So the reason that you're doing that is you want all of the numbers on your grid to become zero, and that's how you'll know you've spent them all. If for some reason it's not showing up, don't worry too much about it. It's totally fine. Okay. So is – now in certain – in certain role-playing games, we can all play charisma-based casters with an armor class of 11, and it's okay because Steven's a very merciful DM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. other... <laughs> Some example like that, I don't know. Or ex- theoretically, yeah. <laughs> but, but is there a moment here where we want to like talk about like splitting up roles as far as like skill distribution like as a team, or is that not so important for Burnbright? So that is not super important for Burnbright in the sense that, like, you can uh, 
<laughs> so, uh, and, and I did this to myself because I also wrote the game, right? Um, <laughs> you can use any skill you can justify using to the GM. Um, <laughs> so that's like one of the core tenets of, uh, of this. And you're also going to want to use skills that you are bad at. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. Um, awesome. but there's a, there's a reason to use D4 skills. Uh, and even if you fail at them, uh, there's that. That being said, when you fail a skill roll in Burn Bright, uh, you don't just fail to do the thing. Um, bad stuff happens. Um, so, uh, so that's the other thing. Every time you fail, you're going to like break something or hurt something or yeah, make somebody really mad, that kind of thing. I love it. Um, <sighs> there was a question in the chat, actually. Um, says, from what I can see of the Create Masterpiece description on the screen, which sounds neat, it seems art-focused. I wonder if it can also be engineering-focused, like the Dragonlance mm. 2D Tinker Gnome culture. Oh, good question. Uh, so, yes, it can, although there's also a story path called Innovate, um, and that is a little bit more engineering, science-y focused, uh, too. Um, so you could definitely create masterpieces sort of about a piece of art you would want to create, and Innovate is sort of about uh, creating a science-y masterpiece. Uh, so, and just, uh, Roll20 is sort of always working to improve this. If we had played... Uh, Two weeks ago at launch, um, this would look very different. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things is, uh, it's, it's cool that they're fast. And it's also cool for like when you put out a book, uh, if there's like a typo or an update that needs to be made, it can instantly be made. So that's yeah. nice if we, too. If we find any typos as we're going through here, should we let you know, James, in a way that uh, is not live? <laughs> yes, or although live, odds whatever. are. <laughs> odds are someone has already let us know uh because the internet uh is very kind in pointing out flaws oh, yeah. so yeah very kind. Yes. I, I hear that that's what the internet's known for is uh yeah kindness, yeah. kindness it's a kind kind <laughs> yeah, place constructive criticism is one of the hallmarks of uh, the comments section yep. mm-hmm. can you explain yep. the plus one column again and while yes, you do that, definitely. I'm going to hop off for a sec to use the restroom because that's my MO. So go ahead and do the thing. I finished <laughs> it up, but yeah. Oh, you think you're better than us? The bladder uh, So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, Adelaide, uh, where is your plus one in your, in the... It says any. In the column. I have two in any. Okay, cool. So that means any two skills you can boost up another die size, right? So you can boost a, a D6 to a D8 or a D or two D4s to a D6, whatever you want to do. Um, and when you do that, just put a one in the in the uh, like the box immediately next to the pull down, right? Okay. So okay, yeah. So even the ones that I've already boosted, I can boost them higher. You can, Is yes. That, you do okay. want, uh, at the end of this, you do want at least one skill of every die size. So at least one D4, yeah. one D6, one D8, one D10. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got plenty D4s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm a critically, like, uh, just min. There's no max. It's just, it's just, a <laughs> you're just, you're just a minner. Yeah. Yeah. I built the character. Okay. And sometimes I suck most of the time. It's okay. James, which of these skills has the best synergy with magic magic with ma- like casting magic. Is that what you're, you're yeah, thinking let's about do that? Yeah. 
So there isn't really like a casting system. Okay. Uh, sorry, I set you up for failure on that one. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but probably like knowledge. I understand this game is played. Yeah, yeah exactly. What do you want to do? You can't. Um, knowledge <laughs> uh, would be the one that's, right. that's going to get you that. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, that's like knowing about magic. A lot of magic in Burn Bright is done via ritual. Um, so like it takes a long time to cast. There isn't a lot of like... Sh- shooting fireball spells that makes sense uh i am good to go uh for next steps cool yeah same here nice i am not keep going though without me leave me behind (laughs) (laughs) even now (laughs) (laughs) yeah Okay. Is every uh other than Steven, is uh Adelaide, Michael, you you're good? I'm good. I'm done. Uh yeah. Okay. I got one last D six I'm looking for a home for, but I'm good otherwise. Charisma. Okay. Cool. Or Karaz. Uh uh Presence. I think I already have that. Presence. Yeah. No, that's intimidation. In uh yeah, yeah, suave. Put it in suave. I mean we can all be very suave and suave presence. Pre- presentful. <laughs> I have uh, zero social skills, so. Just all walk in, but it's like it suddenly turns slow mo, and it's so strange. Like we just burst out of the doors all yes, in random style. I love it's it. Just... The whole thing's a music video. Yes. Uh... Everyone stops and stares. It's great. It'll be the only social skill I have in a career does perform. <laughs> Fair. Um. And so uh, the next thing uh, that we're looking at here is your special abilities, right? Um, so when you go into there, special abilities uh, are things, uh, they're kind of like feats uh, in older editions of D&D. They're not quite as powerful as like uh, yeah, 5.0, 5.0, 5th edition. There is no extra thing yet for D&D. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, so you can pick these different uh, skills and it will show you how many you have based Based on your culture as you scroll down. Um, but when you once you pick your special abilities, then you also have Nova abilities, which are things that you use sometimes. Um, and they're usually really powerful abilities. So everybody should have at least two Nova abilities and at least one special ability that they can pick. Some of you might have as many as four uh, special abilities that you can pick. Mm. Um, and if you're looking for, like, when you click one, it should tell you what it is. And some do have prerequisites, uh, which is usually another special ability that you have to take before you can get that one. Mm-hmm. I think I found one that was this one. I just want to take true friend, but I have to have three prerequisites <laughs> first. <laughs> I just want a friend. <laughs> I want a mechanically granted friend. Um, um, I'm a glowing crystal person, so that's cool. Mind shards? What is that? Oh, need shard body first. Shoot. Yes. Yeah. That's when you grow shards on yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, that's happening. I, I appreciate, <laughs> Adelaide, I really appreciate your contribution of Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts, because that's really helped me flesh out this character. I'm like, what would <laughs> Ocean's 8 slash Pretty Woman's Julia Roberts pick? <laughs> this is my guiding star. Best mistake. Huge. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. What about Homecoming, Julia Roberts? You know, I've never it's seen Homecoming. Julia Roberts. So. 
Ah. I got some homework to do. All right. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. She's not on the podcast version, though, uh, but your friend, David Schwimmer, is. Uh, so, yeah. Think about that. That's what he's been doing. All right. So, technical question. Uh, yes. I have enough slots that I can take True Friend, and I can get the three prerequisites for it. But if I fill them all in, it's got like a red box surrounding prerequisites when I go to select True Friend. Do I have to like level before I can get that? Or no, you should be able to get True Friend. Um, so it's just not letting you do it because of the prerequisites. Uh, if you hit next, will it let you go? I will try. Nope. Uh, it says not all prerequisites really? might continue anyways. Question mark. Um, yeah. So just hit. Con- yes, you want to continue anyway, right. and I will write that down as a bug for roll twenty. Yeah, I sent you a screenshot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, did you pick your... Uh, but go back if you still need to pick your Nova. Take <laughs> the pain. Avenge the fallen. Come with me. Yeah, I got them all. Okay. Yeah, you got them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, yeah. One of the things that's great about Roll20 is uh, it's pretty easy to override stuff because they do want you to be able to uh, hack burn bright the way you would any other role-playing game yeah. right um so uh so they will often say like oh you might not be able to do this but you actually can and this this seems like it's actually a bug but luckily the workaround lets us still do what we want to do here yeah i'm appreciating as we're going as i'm going through these different special abilities how the whole system ties together for example there's um there's one here called not the obvious lesson where you can transform any uh, dice improvement that you would have gotten from your path into a social dice and it's just like really cool <laughs> i appreciate like how just interwoven these different mechanisms are to put together a uh, to like really kind of like flesh out a character is pretty cool oh yeah thank you thank you so yeah it's uh cool so does everybody have special abilities and nova abilities at this point uh i believe so i have one more to pick not yet okay that's totally fine oh there's there's a next button wow okay yeah i I also just got that no problem (laughs) yeah well and that's what's confusing is there's there's a next button and a second next button so yeah uh wait a minute uh, I already have that. I'm, I'm, I have the last. I'm on my last Nova option. I already did the other one, so I'm cool. Done. And you also all get a, a free species ability as well. Um, that should have been filled in when you showed up. Mm-hmm. So, um, mine doesn't have the description in my free species ability. Is that? <laughs> That's not good. Uh, <laughs> I can send it to you. Uh, so I'll make sure that you have it. Uh, Thanks. It's uh. Olren. Uh danger response. Oh, Olren, sorry. Yeah. I know this game. <laughs> Actually that sounds dope. I think I got I got mine on lock. Oh man, the Ronan is so cool. I don't know if I'll ever play anything else in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Also, I'm I'm a little concerned that Michael falling in love with this, he's gonna start trying to push the Fae Forge Academy just to, to yes. transfer oh. to the Burn Bright universe. Oh, no. <laughs> Just certain elements, <laughs> not wholesale. <laughs> right. Just bring Ronan in. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. Okay. Now I'm good. I'm good. 
Besky's about to go through a weird transformation. Weird. <laughs> okay. You just One become good... stars, which is the same thing as like bugs, right? That's that so right? true. Uh, <laughs> once we've got all our abilities selected next again. Yes, yeah, and I just dropped the text for danger response in there for you, Stephen. Um, oh, cool. Right. So, yeah, so, so this is the uh, the final uh, the final thing we're going to do here is spend equipment um, or spend equipment buy equipment. You can see <laughs> you've got a total amount of money uh, in the bottom there. If you have money left over, uh, that's a good thing. So uh, in Burn Bright, you get individual money to buy your stuff during character creation, and then all surplus money is thrown into a group pot. Um, and that hmm. group pot is on your uh, ship character sheet, which is something you all share together. Um, and so uh, people pull from the group pot. Um, there are ways to like uh, essentially bank your money so that it uh, accrues investment um and and you make some money uh if you don't touch it for a while right um so uh so that is the idea and also in burn bright because remember what i said earlier about skill rolls being failed stuff breaks a lot um there's more of a reason to access your money more often um mm. so everybody has a different amount of money to spend i'm gonna shout out because this is a huge list um of stuff uh i'm gonna shout out some things that you may all want um and we can go from there so one thing that you may all want is a communications badge everything is in our communication badge everything's in alphabetical order um and you get that by going to the rightmost column and changing the number that you want. Communication badge is uh, like a little badge that you wear or carry, um, and it allows you to communicate with anyone no matter what language you or they speak and understand. Um, and it also allows you to read any language. Mm. Uh, so that is one thing that uh, that is a, like a handy thing for everybody to have. Um there are, uh, as far as, uh, like, um, your weapons go, right? Because there is a little combat in Burn Bright. Uh, if you scroll down to the L section, we've got laser rifle, laser pistol, laser mm. sniper rifle, uh, laser sword. Um, so, uh, those are all exactly what they sound like. Um, uh, there's also a uh, knife, um, the sonic caber, which is a really big, slow, uh, like column, essentially, that when you hit somebody creates a sonic wave. Uh, so those are some of the, the fun things there. Uh, there are personal shield generators, um, which can uh, essentially give you extra health levels. Um, if you do buy those, right underneath that is a plasma power cell. Um, you'll want to buy those because every time you get hit, you need to put a new power cell in to regenerate the shield if you mm. do that. Um there's a uh, fun stuff then like the slicer kit is used by uh, hackers if if somebody wants to be able to hack into things um there's a smart slab which is like a personal computer um they can be all different sizes and shapes and this is the other thing any equipment you get um is uh it, it all comes in different sizes and shapes so it could what a Rornin's smart slab is may look very different than what a Eno's smart slab is. Um, so, uh, so there's that idea. Um, there's also a bunch of stuff on here that's like, 
uh, fun or, uh, or used for, uh, hobbies and things like that. Like, uh, I think there are, uh, chef's tools and glass blowers tools and things like that for people who are artists. Um, so is there any question or anything someone is looking for specifically that they don't know where to find? I think we should just pull our money together and I'll buy a tank. <laughs> Bear. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I'll let you do it. Give me a reason why we shouldn't do it. Because I've already spent all mine. I honestly yeah. don't have a good one. So by it's okay. Yeah. Quick, quick question is I noticed that there's a lot of items on this list that are uh different types of musical instruments. Is there something about the world uh-huh. of burn bright and music that we should know about? Um, just that music is great. And, uh, and so if you want to be able to play music, you can. So remember earlier <laughs> when I was talking about, um, justifying a skill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to say, I'm going to use perform and I'm going to try to, uh, calm this uh animal before me um with with music right uh then uh i would i would probably let you try that right um if you wanted to uh impress somebody that you're going to have a meeting with and you say you know i pull out my uh my stringed instrument and i uh, i play a sweet sweet tune um to uh to sort of set the mood for the meeting uh i would allow that um so it's that kind of thing it's uh any of these things can be used uh, in ways that you think you can justify them. Um, so yeah. Uh, which does lead to, uh, interesting BS. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, which, <laughs> which is, is what role playing games are all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a, so you said you have to spend a plasma power cell every time you use the personal shield generator. Yeah. Every time you get hit, basically, um, y- your, your cell dies. And so you need to replace it. Okay. We'll take four of those. Okay. Portable shelter. So that's like Yeah, portable shelter. You know. Nice. And you said you recommended the the uh the the personal shield generator and the power cell, right? Yeah, yeah, that's something you can get. If you've got a lot of money, you could get a military shield generator, which lets you use two power cells at once. Um so there's a that's a thing. All right, so I, I see here that there is uh, <clears throat> is a tabletop oh, role playing game. Yeah, I was asking what are the what are the what are the role playing games? Because there's board games and there's video games, but I see yes, oh, yeah, board games. We've got spheres and Stroids. That's right. Yeah, each one comes with a uh, with an example. Um, so, but yeah, there's a tabletop role playing game if uh, as well, uh, is which is called. Oh, there is. There it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can buy tabletop role playing games oh, uh, for two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Centurion. Uh, Game Master runs for more players who all spies investigating supernatural conspiracies and mysteries. Done. Mm-hmm. Bought. <laughs> That's an homage. During the playtest, uh, somebody was taking Create Masterpiece, one of the designers, and Aww. their masterpiece they were trying to create was a tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I know the Sonic Caber says it's uh it's, it sounds very badass, but in my head all I can think of are those like nineties plastic whirly tubes that you <laughs> <laughs> Uh it could totally be that if you want. That's fine. <laughs> Alright. I think I figured it all out maybe. Oh. <laughs>
I might have to change some abilities. I might have to move some stuff around. Oh no. I thought I saw some sort of fancy fancy clothes. Did I see that? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, fancy clothes somewhere there. Formal attire. Formal attire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Formal. Uh, formal attire. Is there any uh of these any of this uh, equipment here that would help with uh magic magic? With magic magic. Uh good question. So I don't know that there is. I think um the uh so plasma is used a lot in magic. Um, I could see you making an argument about breaking open plasma power cells to boost magic magic. Oh, okay. Perfect. I don't think I need to get the badge. I did read about the badge that most people in the galaxy have that badge to communicate, but since I'm a Rornan, I already have telepathy and I need it for some other stuff. So this works out cool. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can telepathically communicate with people. Did you take the... <laughs> The the ability where you can go into people's brains. Brains. No. Um, okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's I what, agree. That's what I need to know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if I picked yeah. the exact one that you uh, are talking about, but I have someone there a little bit more like spy and like uh, stuff like that. I don't. I think the only one I have that's like that interrupts someone or whatever is just the psychic interference. But I think that's the only like weird one. I don't have one that like, yeah. I think I, I don't remember which uh, ability you're speaking into, but I think I saw it and I chose not to pick that. Cause that felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> it probably did feel weird. Uh, yeah, no. So did you take, uh, you took telepathy as an ability, right? Yeah. That- and then I, I picked uh, deep brain as well. Yes. So for telepathy, there is an ability where if one of your allies willingly accepts a Rornan into their body, uh, they can communicate telepathically with anyone else who has done that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so cool. you've got that. So you can create like a essentially a, a psychic relay for all of your friends to communicate telepathically with each right. other. But the bugs only last outside of my own main body for only so long, right? Until they have to hop back to me. Yes, but with telepathy, so with this ability, it's basically they're in there until you decide they're not. Okay, so they're uh, happy. Or, or your friends decide they're with not. With a friend. Yeah. Okay, got it. Cool. it. Yeah, because they're still like connected to you through the power of friendship. Ah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. I think so, I'm good. You know, it's up to your friends if they want to let a bug crawl into their body. Um, Can't be real so. friends for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm all set. Yep. Cool. Yep. I'm going to press next right. and donate the rest of my monies to the community pile. Excellent. Oh my gosh. Y'all are so rich. I had, yeah, wow. had 5,000 total. <laughs> I had like 15,000 total. Oh my god. I'm a generous god. <laughs> you had 50? You are a A. Yeah. Adelaide's buying the tank for everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm buying the tank. We're, we're going to get it. You get a tank. You get a tank. <laughs> so uh so yes so now you probably see like your actual character sheet right um let's see i'm going to uh uh, yes to the review yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you're about to navigate away uh any leftover argent oh we'll be sent to the group chat got it okay yeah so once that's done and you've got your your character sheet 
you should be able to pull up right your um your character and and it should have a bunch of information let me see if i can pull oh, this quick, yeah once you uh, click finish clicking finish oh cool yeah that that's yeah. real clean oh, finish mm-hmm. okay Ooh. Thanks. Um, so now that you've got your sheet in front of you, uh, there may be some things you need to adjust on it. Uh, so the only thing that I, uh, I think your health levels. So un- if you didn't take an ability that increased your health levels, um, mm-hmm. then your health levels are three out of three. Um, so you can put three and three in those boxes. That zero out of 10 you see on the sheet in orange mm-hmm. is actually placeholder. Okay. Um, and then shield charges, uh, if you took a shield generator, um, mm-hmm. you would put one out of one for a personal shield generator or two out of two for a uh, military shield generator. Got it. If you took anything that increased your health levels, one, it's four out of four. If you took two, it's five out of five. Uh, I think the Ulrin can go up uh, very high. So don't freak out. Um, a lot of weapons do one damage. So that's how Burn Bright works. Uh, so it, it, your health is not as low as it seems. Easy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, these these character sheets are really clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the the roll twenty team worked super super hard on this. Um, so yeah, uh, and they're still, sure. yeah, yeah. They really did, and they they're constantly improving and stuff like that. So, um, you know, so that is a a fun thing. Um, so uh, on your sheet, uh, if you scroll down to, you should be able to see like your story path is there. If you click that, your special abilities, all of your equipment should show up that you've purchased and that kind of thing. Um, so if everybody's cool with that, uh, we can bring up the PC ship sheet. Yeah. Uh, and the PC ship sheet, um, allows us to do a few different things. So first we've got to pick the ship we want. Uh, so we've got three different ships that you can pick at the start of, um, and I'm going to show them off to you now, uh, here in roll 20. So the first is the bolt. Um, and as we pull out here, don't worry too much about like the text and stuff on here. Uh, since we're only playing a one shot, we may not be spending a ton of time on the ship. Um, so the bolt is like a, uh, like a fancy, uh, sort of traditional rocket ship shape. Um, they are very comfortable, uh, which means that, uh, so you have what's called a livability rating of a ship. And then a ship also has health levels. Um, if your ship is like built for war, it's got a lot of health levels, but usually a lower livability rating. Uh, the bolt has the highest livability rating of all the ships. It is the most comfortable to live in. It doesn't have a lot of weapons or tricked out things like that with it. Um, but, uh, but it does come super duper comfy. Um, so that is the bolt and it looks like this, uh, like this cute is, rocket ship shape. Uh, it's all black my- for me. Yeah, my screen yeah, is black as well. What? Okay, hang on. <laughs> uh, hey, exactly. hey. That? Looks great. It's a cool. Bolt. I just wanted you to have the podcast experience of playing the game. So yes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's the Never bolt. Uh, the wanderer 
is uh, is like an Ooh. old cargo ship. Um, so mm. it's not as comfy as the Bolt, but it's a little more sturdy. Uh, it has some weapons on it to like repel pirates and stuff like that. It's kind of like your your classic Millennium Falcon type ship. Mm. Um, and a plus, it looks like a turtle. Yeah, and it does look so like a turtle. That's a big plus. That is a big plus. That's actually. A big plus. Big plus. Um, and then uh, the last ship we have is the Predator, right? This is your uh, your Rasenate, your your warship, right? This is built for blowing stuff up, um, and so it's not as comfy. It's a little more uh, military, industrial kind of inside, a little more cramped. Um, but uh, if if what you want to do is shoot a lot of things from outer space, uh, then this is the ship for you. Um, so do you all have a preference of which sort of ship you'd like? Well, space, magic, cat, Julia Roberts, pretty woman wants the cozy ship. <laughs> I like yeah, the turtle I'm, I'm... ship. I know yeah. the turtle ship. I like the turtle ship. <laughs> Would you have liked it if it wasn't referred to as a turtle, though? I like it because it's the middle, the middle road. You know, <laughs> we're not going to get in any situation mm-hmm. where we're the opposite of the equipped that we need to be. That's and it fair. Looks like That's a fair. And we could get an external paint <laughs> job to make it like a specific space tortoise theme, like really lean yeah, into that's it. That's true. Mm. I, mean, let's, I like let's the way you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was skeptical mm-hmm. at first. I was skeptical at first, but I'm sold now. Yeah, so. yeah. I have to say, yeah. <laughs> I like your pitch. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Branding. It's important. So the. Uh, the Did we wait, rename what, it Yurtle? Yurtle. Yeah. Yurtle. Yes. Yurtle. <laughs> So the Wanderer has a livability rating of two uh, and four health levels. So you've got that going for you. Uh, your ship should have a cool name, uh, or uh, I shouldn't say cool. That's too much pressure. Your ship should have a name. Um, so it's up to you. Your yeah, turtle. I mean, yeah. Yurtle. Yurtle mm-hmm. seems appropriate. Very easy. Yurtle the turtle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and so Yurtle is also uh, ships in Burnbright are driven by. Uh, in MI, right? To this magical intelligence that has been bound to the ship, mm. um, and, uh, and gives the ship uh, thrust and lift so that it doesn't rely on fuel all the time, right? Which is very scarce. Um, and so, uh, Yurtle is not just a a spaceship. Yurtle is like a being yes. that is attached <laughs> to your spaceship as well. That's um, so fantastic. Will, uh, oh tell you that. Yes. Yeah. So we've been building characters for a little while. I know, and then we went a little over. But why don't we go around and introduce ourselves, and then we can hop right into it, uh, and then uh, and we'll we'll go for a little bit, and then we'll go there. Does that work for everybody? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Uh, so Stephen, start. Tell me. Tell me who you're playing. Okay, I am playing Mondu Terabora Boy, an Oran, uh, crystalline person. I I I think he's probably. Uh, Similar to the artwork, got that that blue crystalline look to to him. Uh, dresses very fancy as far as what he's actually wearing, but you can tell he doesn't know how like the clothes are supposed to fit together. Uh, as he mm-hmm. like grew up in this mining mining asteroid place, but doesn't like it. Likes things that are nice and look nice, but has had no real exposure to what that actually means. So he's just like trying to cobble together anything that that he thinks looks fancy and away from like this mining world and has, has lots of different like art supplies to try to make things. Um, and, 
yeah, pushing back against his mining heritage as much as possible. Oh, oh, it's adorable. You've come to the big city now, and you're here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, yes, Michael, who are you playing? Uh, I am playing uh, Balang Ket, or you can just call him Ket. Um, he's obviously a Warnan. Um, uh, I'm just going to go. Uh, he is from the uh, Herzat system, where he essentially is just a. Uh, it's a mercenary planet, but he essentially just a, does a lot of job for hire uh, on that that system. He doesn't really move away from there except once, and essentially he just provides services to these mercenaries via uh, mechanical work, computer work, and then when he did take a a job off the system, uh, he end up with his storyline. I think you mentioned that the the inside the planets they had like these beings that essentially and that's what the fuel that fuels everything. I'd like to think yes. that at some point he acquired a bone or some sort of piece of that and he's been carrying that and that's the artifact that he's carrying around and it's starting to like grow and change and stuff within the hive. And I think that's that's uh, dope. Balanquet's the character. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there used to be, way before uh, all of these species we have before us were here, there was this species that people referred to as omniscience, um, and they were, like, super powerful and magical, and then they burrowed under the ground when they had a war amongst themselves, uh, and many of them died in the ground, and that's where we get a magic goop called plasma from, um, but some, their remains are there, and so you have a bone of an omniscient, which I love. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super. Uh, cool uh adelaide uh who are you playing uh i am playing absolute a driftling from the sela or sela galaxy area Mm -hmm. i forget what it was (laughs) Uh, neighborhood uh um yeah they're very um they they look very much an amalgamation hodgepodge thing where you can't kind of see what's left from right um kind of bluish tinted they got some crystals they have some sluggy like body that's like you know like when you pull a slug up and it's got like the little folds that are all (laughs) (laughs) that's it but you know it's 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 very voluptuous little sensual little sensual slug action there i love Uh, it (laughs) you see you see you hear some bees you can't see the bees but you can hear the bees uh, and, uh, very monastic, like, clothing, a white robe, uh, this kind of slim cut to the body, showing off the figure. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, they talk in a very monotone kind of voice, very soothing, pleasant. I love and that's, it. Uh, that's, that's absolute. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so, uh, Emily, <laughs> who are you playing? Yeah, uh, I am playing uh, Ruka. Ruka is a Kithuk from a custom culture somewhere out in the galaxy. Uh, from far away, Ruka uh, has a like very long trench coat, very big oversized hat, um, so you can't really see any of his features, but when you get closer, you realize he's essentially uh, he's a Kithuk, uh, and he looks kind of like an oversized uh, cockroach. Um, and you can see the antenna sticking out and twitching around. Um, he's got a big sword that he carries around with him. And he is traveling the galaxy just trying to make some friends. Um, it seems like people are just put off by a giant cockroach with a big sword on his back trying to, like, cuddle up and be friends. Haters gonna hate. Yes. Yes. I love it. 
Uh, Ian, tell us about your your pretty woman, Eno. That's right. That's right. I, th- I think what be, I'm leaning more towards uh, a yeah, Ocean's Eight, you know. But yes, she's. Uh, well, they are. I, I using the naming nomenclature of the you know. Uh, it's uh, Sila Davy, uh, and that's that E there indicates uh, gender non-binary. And mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, if any of you have been totally engrossed with uh, Shira during quarantine, like like I have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The uh, episode where uh, Katra, who is a cat person, goes to like the princess prom, and she's like wearing this like kind of half done tuxedo. That is how Celia Davy is just dressed pretty much all the time. Uh, they are always um, either about to make some big score, or they're on the run from some previous big score. And I'm going to say that on their right hand, they have uh, four fingers. Mm. Uh, Mm. And every time you and anyone, any time someone asks, they kind of get like a different story. Hmm. Nice. Um, very, very sophisticated. Very fine taste. Uh, is if, if there's a section aboard the Yurtle that is theirs, they've made it very comfortable, and very luxurious. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And you would each each person probably there are enough crew quarters here that everybody could have their own bunk to take Ooh. care of so mm-hmm. yeah you've got that going for you awesome that's great um so okay so we've got uh, all of you here uh and uh, and you have recently gone on a mission to the very edge of the burn and now i shall pull up my my map uh, so here we go. Here we have a map of the Olaxis galaxy. Um, the burn actually surrounds uh, the galaxy uh, on all sides, including the top and bottom, but it doesn't make a very good map to do that. Um, so that is why the map, we sort of see the edge here, as it were. Don't at me, nerds. Um, so, uh, so that's what we got. Uh, going on here. Uh, and so you all uh, have gone on a mission... Oh, can you see? You probably can't see the names of places, can nope. you? Nope. Not right now. Nope. Guess what? Whoa! Hey. Space. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Ooh, the okay. ghost belt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the yeah, the Olaxis is divided into three regions. We've got the Ghost Belt, which is like the spooky region, uh, all the way out there uh, on the uh, on the edge of the galaxy. Um, there is the mid belt, um, which is this uh, sort of inner region, right? Um, that is uh, not as dangerous because it's not as close to the burn, but it's also constantly getting abandoned by people who are moving towards the heart worlds, which are the like rich and well-to-do uh, part of the uh, of Olaxis, right? That is where everybody wants to be because it's where the burn is going to end up. Uh, probably last, right? The Ghost Belt is a lot of people have abandoned it if they have the means to, uh, which means that there's a lot of, like, pirates that are there. There are monsters that have been, that can, like, live in space that have been chased from other parts of the galaxy to here. Um, and so there are all manner of, uh, of different things here, um, going through the, uh, the belt, uh, as it were. So you all were just on a mission. 
going off toward uh, the the ghost belt, right? You are in the ghost belt towards the edge of the burn. Um, and actually what was happening is you were getting a distress call from the Aranae's system, uh, which is... That system down yes. there, right? Mm. That's uh, the part of the map it's I'm most very, interested in. Love it. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's very, very, very close to the burn. Um, and essentially, uh, someone, uh, a, a, a rather uh, wealthy individual uh, who was there, was, was offering pickup. Um, not for them, but they were sort of funding a mission of, like, go there, bring back whoever you can, um, because that planet is probably the most effed right now. Um, they're about to be cut off from everything. Can you please, please, please uh, go get whoever you can and, and load them onto your ship? Um, so it was a rather lucrative opportunity and also one, hey, if you're if you're looking to do good, right, um, there's something for everyone uh, in, in why you would go out there to do this. Um, while you are on your way to Aranae's, right, um, you get another distress call. And so uh, Yertle um, pops up uh, on your ship, right? So you are currently on your Wanderer ship. Um, mm-hmm. Yertle, uh, in sort of like a uh, Yertle uh, pops up and they have a nondescript, well, I don't want to say nondescript, they have a face that doesn't look particularly like any species. It probably looks closest to like an Ulrin face, right? And it pops up in front of each of you, sort of holographically, uh, wherever you may be in the ship right now. Yes, Ian. I have a, re- I have a request. Yes. Can, can Yertle's face look like a turtle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yes. So, so Yertle looks like it's this turtle face, right? <laughs> um, that comes before you, um, and uh, uh, wherever you may be, what do you think uh, is happening right now in the ship with each of you, Cat? Uh, where do you think you are, and, and what would you be doing on the ship? Um, I am probably just. Um Man, this is too close to real life. I'm probably my my swarm is probably around the ship's HUD somewhere. Like that's where I am, mm-hmm. and I am probably just tinkering, programming some stuff on the ship uh, for like uh, comfort of life stuff, like programming uh, what temperatures people's rooms are and where they find it comfortable. Like an AI system to figure out how we use the least amount of energy to make sure people feel comfortable. And I'm just I, the bugs. If the bugs can slam their head on the keyboard from making so many mistakes, that's what they would be doing. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And your bone is probably somewhere within reach, right? Um, yeah, a swarm nearby. is always like kind of. I don't think the rest of the crew knows, but it's always a swarm's always kind of like making that seem obscure. Oh, okay, secret, cool. Secret. So it's within the. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's within your your swarm. Um, yep. What about Mondu? What is Mondu doing? Oh, Mondu is probably just kind of in his uh, in his bunk, wherever that that is on the ship, um, with a little sketchbook open, and like there's there's like uh, colored pencils and paints, like just kind of all over his bed. Not using a desk or anything, just and and trying to paint, um, like really, really trying to like capture like. A picture of the burn as as we're we've kind of been close to the edge of the galaxy and trying to paint that like that orange and red, um, and it just looks like sludge 
on his on his paper, but he's really trying and kind of getting frustrated. Like there's wadded up balls of paper just on the ground everywhere, and that's excellent, excellent. I love it. I love it. Uh, yes. So, what is Absolute up to right now? Uh, Absolute is in their room uh, with the door closed, and there is a big note on there that says, "Please knock." Am levitating, and inside, <laughs> and wait for it. Inside, they are on the floor in like a traditional like crisscross applesauce, hands on their knees, clearly meditating. Uh, but they are solidly on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. One hundred percent. Not anywhere <laughs> off the floor. Not even close. <laughs> that's great that's great uh what about, more uh, of a state of mind than physical than anything yes. physical right <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right uh what about rucka uh what are they doing yeah uh uh raku is uh kind of off in one corner away from everybody else he's collected a bunch of like pieces of string and trash from their traveling and he's trying to put friendship uh, bracelets together with, like, with all of this like stringy refuse that he's found and he's got his sword between his like insectoid legs and he's using that to kind of like cut the strings to the same length um, and like weaving them together and kind of putting them in a pile by his side oh my gosh yes yes <laughs> uh, and of course last but not least what is our Eno up to what are they doing right now uh, they're going to be in their quarters doors open and they've got uh, I'm, again I'm um, the the level of magic in this world help me out. Make sure I'm not overstepping here. But sure. Kind of got like a couple of uh, uh, writing implements, sort of like going at once. Even though they've got their computer tablet, they mm-hmm. tend to like to write uh, with just totally like the old, in the old school way. And, uh, and of, of course, they 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 just had their uh, they just ran the ship's weekly game of Centurion, so they're already planning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, uh, and, and yes. they're thinking that like, uh, yeah, like maybe this will be the session where they finally realize, uh, where, they, where they finally get to meet this um, Von, uh, Von Stradzorovich character that's been kind of like lurking in the background <laughs> and wondering if like now it's going to be the, the game where they're going to push the front. So they're, they're, they're working on that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. But you know, you know that when you play with them, they're actually just gonna like dick around probably for a long time. And, I, uh, you know what? I'm gonna leave it up to players here to tell whether their characters are into the game or if they just show up. It's <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Some of you That's excellent. Books. Some of you are like always like, oh, can I borrow dice? I mean. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like Mondu's like, like super into it. Oh, M- Mondu has like just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like stick figures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dozen or so from my swarm, just making sure to watch watch what you're doing to make you feel like there's company happening, but they're not really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so as you all are doing this, Yertle's face uh, pops up, and Yertle says, uh, uh, "Excuse me, uh, I just wanted to let you know uh, that uh, we're getting a, a second distress signal right now. Uh, it's coming uh, from uh, Favor Station. Uh, it's a, a station run by Ark um, that is uh, uh, just uh, outside of the burn. Um, so Ark is the." Alliance of Rescue and Conservation, uh, and they basically are like a organization that has uh, cells spread throughout the galaxy that makes a point of studying the burn and saving and rescuing people and species so that they don't go extinct and uh, that the burn does not take them. So that's sort of their whole thing. Um, they're one of the uh, largely considered good, uh, although they are a little scattered right now because they keep losing leadership because they go on like risky missions. Um and uh, they say, uh, I, I'm not getting anything more than, than a distress beacon over and over again. Uh, no message is attached to it. Hmm. Are we able to, like, com- communicate to each other without being near each other in the ship? So, yes, and possibly in two ways. The first way would be that when you're on the ship, you have intercoms and can talk to each other that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also use your communication badges like radios if you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the, your third option is if you have accepted a Rornin bug into your body, <laughs> uh, then you can all communicate <laughs> telepathically with each other. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ruka definitely has because uh, he thinks that this is a sign of friendship, so he's all on top of accepting <laughs> any bugs that anyone uh, wants to put near him. Um, and Kent might have made a mistake, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we should we should definitely go help them, right? I mean, they seem like there might be people in trouble. They could be new friends. They could help us in our next mission. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. I, I su- suppose we could Go, go help some someone. Um, who here flies our ship? <laughs> uh, I'm so. Uh, Does the ship fly itself? Uh, yes, so that is correct. Most of the time, the ship can fly itself. When you get into situations that require finer control, like uh, combat or something like that, someone can take control of the ship. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, you can ask Yertle where to go and what to do. Uh, and uh, and I guess that's how that'll work. I guess I will, I'll be flying the ship um, while we're in like a non-combat scenario, because I feel like my character can probably efficiently make like work in tandem <laughs> with Yertle in a way, and so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll do the the busy work flying because I'm up there already, like just doing stuff remotely with my swarm and like computer programming and stuff. Oh, okay. Adelaide, what's your character's name again? Uh, Absolute. Absolute. Um. Mm-hmm. So so Mondu will will kind of get up and and walk over to Absolute's door uh and ignore the knock sign and like kind of punch the door open say um Absolute d- did you see that there's some we have a th- a thing probably to do <laughs> maybe What is the meaning of distress anyway from the Kithuk word distringer to stretch apart I forgot that I don't understand how to talk to you. I'm going to go talk to Cat. <laughs> he just turns around and walks away. 
That is amazing. Telling <laughs> <laughs> it. I love making characters again. <laughs> yes, yes, I loved everything about that. Uh, okay, yeah. So you want to turn around and and, uh, yeah. and find Ket? Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Ket, should we? Um, we head that way. Yes, I don't know if we should head that way. Um, I'm busy making sure all your rooms are comfortable. What are we going to do about this? Well, we were supposed to get money from this mission that we were going to. However, it is a distress call. Then, um, sure, we can check it out if you'd like. What do we, what do we know about ARC? Are they... I mean, we know that they are very conservation-minded and that they are constantly changing mm-hmm. leadership. Are they, like, well-financed, or are they kind of shoestring? Uh, so it depends kind of on the the sell, right? Um, <laughs> you could make, uh, uh, if you want, someone can make a skill roll to see what you know specifically about Favor Station. Um, and so the way skill rolls work is you would tell me which skill yep. you want to use. Uh, and uh, mm. and then what I'll do is I'll set a complexity, right? And when you make a skill roll, you uh-huh. roll uh, a number of dice equal to the complexity, and the dice that you roll are the you know whatever that skill is. So if you have a d8 and a skill, and the complexity is three, you roll three d8. Uh, and then if there are any matches in the dice, you fail. Otherwise, you succeed. Um, so that's kind of how oh, skill wow. rolls okay. work. So you, you can't yeah. have a skill so it, complexity higher than four then, is that right? Uh, you can. Uh, so most of the time, uh, skill rolls only go up to four, but there are some where it's like, whew, you're going to need some training to have any chance. Uh, the highest they'll go, though, is seven, uh, because there's like an exponential uh, yeah. increase in the difficulty as opposed to like uh, D&D where it, plus one is just another 5% harder, right? This is like it goes up to N minus one to the power. It's a crazy dumb equation that nobody wants to hear. Um, so it's a, <laughs> James, a crazy, James, silly, silly equation. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will share the equation with you later if you would like to, <laughs> to hear it for sure. Please send me your dumb equations. Okay, so because I, so Sila uh, Devi is specifically thinking to themselves are we going to actually make money off of this job or is this going to be a pro bono gig and wants to mm. like and and is is this cell that's going to be operating in this this part of the space this part of the, the is there a cool word for space i can use here at this uh, edge of the burn good. there we go yeah yeah at this edge of the burn, if they're if they're actually going to be like reasonable to work with, or if they're going to be a hot mess. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to make a let's make a streetwise roll for this. Why is money and ease your greatest priorities in life? <laughs> do you have the word? Uh, I love it. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I have, the, I have I have the I have the it's the bug, whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I've learned, but that, in, I've learned brain, that whenever yeah. we're close to each other, show the white noise machine before it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, uh, so go ahead and uh, and uh, you can uh, make a skill roll. So this is going to be streetwise, right? Yep. Oh, you already mm-hmm. made it. Great. Um, so oh, you can that, see that was uh, in me practicing earlier. Um, is that complexity too? Uh, yeah, we'll make this a complexity too. So we'll use okay. this roll that you've already got. So you rolled so, a seven and a nine. You have a D twelve in Streetwise. Um, <laughs> so when you make a skill roll, you should also check off uh, the box on your sheet uh, for Nova Point usage, right? Or it's not a box now. It's a it's a picture of a die. Sorry, I'm used to like a, a beta sheet. See where it says die dice used on your sheet? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can click the 12 to indicate that you've used the 12. Um, when you use a skill of every single die size to make a skill check, pass or fail with that skill, you gain a Nova point, and then oh. everything resets. Nice. Which is why you want to So use that's D4s. how you gain Nova you points. Five for a Nova point. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a Thank s- you. Super uh, cool mechanic. Can you explain yeah. that one more time? I, di- I quite didn't get it. I'm sorry. Or understand. No, that's totally fine. So when you use, uh, when you make a skill roll, uh, see where mm-hmm. it says dice used on your character yep. sheet. What you want to do is select the die you've used, and it should turn a different color. Right now, it's uh, it's like uh, orange. orange, right? When you click it, it turns white. Right? Is that okay. what happens? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when that happens, then once all your dice used are white, you gain a Nova point and then you change them back to orange. Um, oh, cool. So essentially what you want to do is use one die every time. Uh, use like a different die every time, if you can, to earn Nova points. That That's like cool. the optimal way uh, awesome. if you were going to. Uh, encourages you to use the stuff that you're not that's so good yeah. at. Exactly, exactly. Especially because if you can justify any skill, um, you know, why wouldn't you use the stuff you're always good at, right? So this is a reason to not do that. Ah, um, so I like that. Yeah. It's very, very clever. Yeah. So you have passed. As you can see, when you make a skill roll in roll 20, it automatically tells you whether you passed or failed and what you rolled. You rolled a 7 and a 9. You passed. Um, So you know, actually, this particular uh, team within ARC is very, very wealthy. Um, The reason this place is called Favor Station is that it was acquired when ARC saved a bunch of Eno. The Eno gave it to ARC as a favor. And the, the space station actually matches speed with the burn's advancement so that it can constantly stay in front of but close enough to the burn so it can uh, keep track of it and monitor it and, uh, you know, study the burn, basically. So it's a science research station um, that is well-to-do and and is considered state-of-the-art. I absolutely telepathically communicate this uh, to Ketz and I say, oh, the it's a novel, novel research. It's a novel research station that has high tech advancements. We should go there and help. <laughs> um, also, before to preface this, just for the chat and our party, um, my my bugs that have attached my, themselves to you for the the communications, mm-hmm. they have built some sort of bond with you, so that you don't. If you're thinking a thought, it's not going to project it to everyone. If you're just if you want to be in your own mind. So they, they have established their own relationship with you so that it's not that anybody, including myself, is grabbing your thoughts. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a consensual it? symbiosis of yeah, yeah consensual mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've named mine Philip. 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Catbug totally accepts it. Na- yep. That's uh, right. All right. So Cat will respond. Sounds like they have a lot of research. That is something that we are interested in. Um, and we'll be helping at the same time. So, uh, yep. Um, can I make a knowledge roll as far as, like, getting these distress signals with no message attached? Is there anything I can get from, from something like that? Like, whether it's suspicious or, um, if there's anything even sure. in, like, the pattern that it was sent that would make me think that, like, maybe it was not real or something like that? Yeah. This would also be a complexity to check. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I when will... you click knowledge on your sheet, it should ask you uh, probably what complexity do you want this yep. to be? Yeah. <laughs> Can I also see with the message, because I also got it. Oh, go mm-hmm. ahead, Stephen. If you have a happy roll, go ahead. Passed. Crushed it. Gotcha. So you've passed. <laughs> uh, but go ahead. Uh, if you want to do something too, Michael, you totally can. Yeah. Um, since it was a message sent to us, I want to see if I can see like an IP address or I don't know if what they call it, a SpaceNet address. <laughs> um, whoever sent it, like um, at what time, kind of like more info through the signal that sent because normally there's like a, a receive and sent and timestamp and all these things. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Uh, that is also going to... This will be, for this one, a complexity three uh, okay. for looking at the... Uh, breaking into the computers. So I'll roll my computers. Uh, okay. Complexity three. Okay, so I select that, mm-hmm. and then I roll, right? That's right. Perfect. So both of you have passed. Um, and so uh, you know, uh, Mandu, that... Yes, especially at the edge of the galaxy here. It's very common for pirates to send distress signals with no message on them, right? Um, mm-hmm. To say, like, come help us, our communications are down. Ha-ha, we got you. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know how pirates are. Um, <laughs> pirates gun pirates. However, Cat, uh, you are able to dig deeper into this, um, and you find that there, uh, within the message, um, uh, there's like another message that you're able to decrypt and encode, uh, and it's a video message that you can okay. see there is uh, in uh, a, a Kithuk um, who is like, looks like they're in shadow and is whispering to some sort of handheld device that they are recording themselves on. And Mm -hmm. uh, they say, I am a scientist here in Favor Station. Uh, We have been boarded by pirates who uh, something has happened. Uh, Our our station is no longer moving. Uh, If you do not come help us soon, we'll be overtaken by the burn. Uh, Please, uh, we need your help. They're looking for something, and I don't understand what they want. Otherwise, I would give it to them so they would get off. But they have taken everyone else hostage here. I need your help. And I think that will be a good place for us to pause here. Uh, and awesome. we'll find out what happens next, <laughs> next episode. Yeah. Of the Fayforge Burn Bright Ooh. Academy. Ooh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Turtle. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our episode. I know it's a little bit different this week. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we will be back at... Uh, 
in the Burn Bright Galaxy um, to find out what happens. Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Forge Academy this week. If you've been enjoying our content, we always appreciate five stars and a review on iTunes or Podchaser or any other podcasting medium that allows you to do that. In addition, if you'd like to support us in other ways, we have a Patreon. Um, it's patreon.com slash Academy. Uh, in it, you'll find um, player journals. Um, I've even posted some DM notes in there. And as always, for more information about what's going on, stay up with the cast and everything. Um, follow us on Twitter at Forge Academy, uh, or you can check us out on our website, FayForgeAcademy.com. Hey, I'm Emily Harmon. I play Sepia Goldenmorrow. You can find me on Twitter at Emily J-E-A Harmon. I'm Michael Sinclair II. I play Besky Nevering, and you can find me on Michael Kritz on Twitter. I'm Adelaide Gardner. I play Ariane Zuvan, and you can find me online at Twitter at OAdelaide. Hey, I'm Kai. I'm Stonefly underscore Kai, and then I am playing Asher and Ember Whisper. Hi, my name is Ian Gould. I play Coe's Forge Heart, and you can follow me at Game of Science on Twitter. Theme music and background music by Dave Cole of the Four Orbs podcast. For additional music, search for D. Cole Music on YouTube. Additional background music and sound effects found at zapsplat.com and tabletopaudio.com. Fayforge Academy is proud to be a part of the Fundamentals Podcast Network.